I'm Tony Tardio. Hello and welcome to Darren Hinch's That's Life podcast, a podcast where we talk about the big stories of the past, the big stories of today, through the prism of Hinch's six decades in the media. Darren Hinch, welcome to That's Life. Uh, good afternoon, morning, evening, whatever time people are listening, Tony. And uh, they're listening all around the world too, which is one of the delights of uh, doing this program. It's always amazing to see the little red lights where they where they appear as to where people are, are listening to this uh, podcast. Not only this podcast, but podcasts, um, yeah. many, many, I, very... I, I was never a big podcast fan, but I'm, I'm noticing people are listening to them all the time. Um, I had lunch with Ron Iddles the other day, the... Logie winning former head of the homicide squad uh, in Victoria. Uh, he did, he, he, he done, did a whole TV series about crime. And we talked about how people listen around the world to things like podcasts. Um, it is extraordinary. Uh, do you listen to any yourself? No, I don't. I figure if I've got time to listen to something, I've got time to write something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. I've never heard one of the That's Life podcasts. <laughs> right. Well, you don't have to because we, we do them, so we know what we're talking about. Look, I, I listen to uh, – there's a couple that I would recommend. There's one called um, 13 Minutes to the Moon. Right. About the moon, yes, yes. About the moon landing, and it looks in detail at the thirteen minutes that it took from the time uh, the eagle separated from Columbia. This is the Apollo eleven moon mission, yep. and uh, to the time it, it actually settled on on the moon. It, and, and Neil Armstrong had to take personal control, and they were nearly out of fuel. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And and another one too is called Eleven, which the ABC has done, which is about mm. the sacking of uh, Gough Whitlam uh, in 1975, which uh, again looks in uh, minute detail at, at all of the things that led up to it and, and the very day itself. Well, my, my ex-producer, radio producer, Terry Hayes, a dear friend, um, they, they did the, the, the dismissal, and it was a fantastic television um, program. I remember watching it uh, in the yeah. in the 80s, I, I think it came out. Mm -hmm. uh, Darren, um, we, we've had uh, the sad death of Labor Senator Kimberly Kitching. Uh, now, I think she entered the Senate at the same time you did. That's true, yeah. Did you have much to Almost do with the same time, Not the same time. I'll explain it. Look, Kimberly Kitching, uh, Senator Kitching, I, I was very fond of when I was in Canberra. Uh, I used to call her to her face, Senator Kitching. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello, Senator Kitching. Um, we got on very well. I led a delegation to India to meet the Dalai Lama, and she was part of that delegation, and we had a very good time, enjoyable time. She was very clever, very passionate, uh, very loyal to her cause and whatever. I know a fair bit about the shit fight that's gone down. And I, um, I'm going to be very bit careful here because we're recording this the day before her funeral and I'm going to her funeral tomorrow and uh, she owe, is owed a lot of respect. Sadly, in the week after her sudden death from a heart attack at the age of 52, same age as Shane Warne, um, there's been a lot of stuff going around about the pressures on her, the bullying, the alleged bullying by by the, the mean girls, as they called them, uh, Penny Wong, uh, Katie Gallagher, Gallagher and, and, um, and 
and and, and um, Kitch- um, Christina Keneally. Christina Keneally, yeah. Now, look, I know a bit of the background of this, and and I, I'm very fond of Penny Wong too, but I do believe some bullying did go on. I do believe that Senator Kitching was being shut out uh, by the the hierarchy of her party, the the Albanese group, the left group against the right group, and she was pulled off a, a, a tactics committee. She was shut down. She didn't was not given a question to ask in the Senate for about a year and a half. All those tactics, um, you, you know what a party is doing. Now, I've got some background on this, and I think I'm right. Senator Kitching was never elected to the Senate. She was a captain's choice by Bill Shorten to replace Stephen Conroy when he suddenly unexpectedly resigned from the Senate and left from memory about a four or five years in his term. And that was in 2016, just after the election. Um, it was a captain's choice. Now, that did not did not um, enamour Senator Kitching to, to, the, to the left wing of the party because it was well known that um, Bill Shorten's wife, Chloe, uh, was a dear friend of uh, of of Kitching. They, I think, they've been schoolmates, and they were on the scene very quickly after she died so suddenly and so tragically. So suddenly, you've got a captain's choice to put Kitching in the job. The right didn't like it. I know from a, I know this week since she died from a friend that when um, Kimberley sought pre-selection for an earlier role years ago. She approached Joan Kerner, who was the Premier of Victoria. And uh, they had afternoon tea. And Kitching, thinking that Joan, being a feminist, uh, would, would, would support her, her um, pre-selection, even though they were from different factions. And I was told from a very good source that at the afternoon tea, Joan said, I can't support you. Which, which shocked Kimberly, And she said, I can't support you because I can't stand your husband. Because Andrew Landiu, uh, from the Landiu Labor family, had been writing and was, was, a, was, a, was, a, was writing scandalous stuff in a gossip column, uh, often about his own Labor cohorts. And I think probably about... Um, uh, Mrs. Polkadot, um, Joan Kerner. And so Joan said she couldn't support Kimberley, which is a terrible indictment when you think you can't get voted for because of what your husband or your wife does or says. Well, you mentioned a few names there. Andrew Landeu is the son of Bill Landeu. Now, I remember Bill Landeu, the dad. He was pretty uh, Big power. powerful in the Labor Party in the 80s. And there were some yep. allegations made against him and uh, the daughter of Bob Hawke, if you remember. Yes, I do indeed. Yes, there was a there was an allegation that from now that you've refreshed my mind that he sexually assaulted Bob Hawke's daughter, and Hawke was running at the time he was head of the ACTU, vying to get into Parliament, and become Prime Minister, and allegedly he told his daughter, "Shut up about it, uh, because it'll hurt my career," which doesn't augur well for. Bob Hawke's memory if he if he put his own career ahead of his his daughter's um, 
well-being. Mm. It's all very incestuous, isn't it? All of these names in the Labor Party, they uh, they come up. Well, the, um... thing here, the biggest thing here is that we've got an election coming up, okay, a federal election. Now, there have been a lot of allegations against the Liberal Party for being insensitive uh, over allegations of sexual abuse uh, and, and misogynism against women uh, in Parliament. Now you've got a situation where f- dear friends of, um, of Kimberly Kitchen, including a woman who held her hand as she died, says she was bullied. I mean, you saw a front page of Herald Sun. She was bullied. She was this. She was that. You know, um, I don't believe. Okay, I don't believe it caused her death, uh, but the stress would not have improved her health. She had thyroid problems as well, so I didn't know this. She had some health problems and whatever. So I don't believe you can raft in there and say that that the Labor bullying killed her, but it didn't help her. Uh, and I think Albanese and Richard Miles have not acquitted themselves well in the last week or so as they've tried to duck it. They've tried to hide behind like, well, she's not buried yet, so let's not talk about it. Um, I think it's an issue. If this was an allegation against Liberal MPs or National MPs, I think Labor will be be going apeshit about it. So I think with an election coming up, I think Alwell has to handle it. He's he's, he's ruled out any inquiry. Dutton has said maybe there'll be a Senate inquiry. Uh, It would be better if the Labor Party handled it themselves. The word is out that supposedly she complained to Miles and he did nothing. And, of course, Richard Miles was once married to uh, Lisa Neville, the police minister. I think she's still the police minister, or maybe she's uh, uh, not that anymore here in uh, in Victoria. Darren, bullying, you know, uh, they're big words. It happens all the time. It has happened more in the past. There's been a big focus on it, particularly the bullying of uh, women. You know, what do people think? When they hear this, this is the parliament of the country making laws that are, uh, apply to everybody and they can't behave themselves. Look, I, I, th- I think, and this is going to have to be careful here, but I think the word bullying is sometimes used a bit too loosely. I mean, in parliament, whether it be women or, or men, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have real shit fights about issues. You're going to get really, really up and against each other. Um, I'm sure that Penny Wong and, and and Kimberly Kitching had some clashes, some bad ones. And, and Wong has apologised for the fact that she said over a climate change issue, well, you, if you'd had children, you might understand. Now, she's apologised for that. But, I mean, I'm told that, that, um, that Kitching did try to have children and couldn't. So that would be a very cruel thing to say. But in, 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 in Parliament, um, issues get get loudly talked about and so sometimes with bullying is too hard but on this one i agree there's proof in my mind that 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 kitching was being targeted that they didn't want her pre-selected for for the next term i mean as i said conroy whom she replaced had about four or five years to go so to get his job was a cushy one was a good one um and I, I respect Penny Wong. I've got on very well with Katie Gallagher, very, very well when I was in the Senate before she got done on a Section 44. Uh, but but in this one, I think Albo and Miles have a, a real problem with an election coming up. They have to get rid of it. 
I guess everything changed for Kimberley Kitching when Bill Shorten uh, lost the election and lost. Well, she would have. She would have been. In, she would have been in cabinet for yeah, sure. Yeah, lost the leadership. Uh, Anthony Albanese took over. Now Albanese is to the left. Kimberley Kitching was to the right. Uh, it just shows you how it doesn't matter how good you are, because from all reports, Kimberly Kitching was an excellent senator. She mm-hmm. led she led a whole lot of issues about uh, China. Uh, she was a lawyer, so she was uh, intelligent. She knew her stuff, but that still wasn't good enough. You know, you had to be in the right faction. You know, the, uh, the faction thing really. I'm glad I was just a one-off in in Parliament in the Senate because I didn't. The only faction was me. <laughs> the factions are just. Are disgusting, you know. It's why, why in the end, Tanya Plibersek, she said she stood down for family reasons and didn't contest the leadership. That's because she is from the left, and Albo's from the left, and you can't have two left wingers from NSW as leader and deputy leader. That's the basic thing. That's the way they. That's the way they work. I mean, there are people in in the factions who'd rather lose an election than than concede defeat to a faction, which is mad. I mean, it, it works in the Liberal Party too, against the Liberal Party. I remember an occasion once uh, with a senior Liberal who should remain nameless, Scott Ryan. Um, <laughs> he was the president of the Senate, and I'm a new senator. And he was, we were talking about factions and the Labor Party and the Liberal Party. He said, you've got to understand, Darren, there are two factions in the Liberal Party in Victoria. There's the faction that hates Michael Kroger and there's a faction that doesn't hate him yet. <laughs> yeah. This is what you have to put up with. What was interesting is that uh, since Kimberly Kitching died, um, the, the fact that she was confiding in people that were not in her party. I mean, apparently she was having coffee with Pauline Hanson quite often. And How could she... you? How could you? <laughs> You didn't get on with Pauline Hanson, did you? No. I, I, I just despise a lot of what she stands for. I thought that Malcolm Roberts is a joke. Uh, Anning was a disgrace. Um, and also, Pauline and I had this huge falling out on Sunrise with David Koch after the Christchurch massacre, which I know cost me votes in the election I lost because it looked like two middle-aged blokes in uh, suits were ganging up on this poor woman and Pauline can turn on the, the, the voice tremor and the tears very easily. Um, and it was true that David Koch bre- breached the rules. He, he, he pointed at her and invaded her space. I'll grant that bit. Um, but it was all about whether one nation was, you know, um, and whether she would, would, would sanction and vote against Anning if it came up in the Senate, because he'd said some terrible things. Uh, that did cost me votes. And Pauline and I, it wasn't a setup. Um, we were normally would when she and I did the section every week segment. And uh, normally she'd be in uh, Ipswich and I'd be in a studio in uh, in Melbourne. On this occasion, I was up in the little studio in Sydney. I was in Sydney and they suddenly said at the last minute, oh, Darren, come down into the main studio. I was okay, so I walk into the main studio, and the first person I see is Ashbury, who's her, her offsider. I thought, oh, "What are you doing here?" And he said, oh, "Pauline's here." And so suddenly, Pauline Hanson and me are on the same set, the same desk, for the first time in our lives. And it was talking about the Christchurch massacre, and it, it, it went, 
it went to rubbish in a, in a, in a minute. And, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of women thought I was being, I was, I was bullying, use that word. I was bullying Pauline Hanson when I was just disagreeing with her. And, and, and the point is that, I mean, Pauline is very clever at, uh, expressing her own view always has always will. Um, but, uh, no, she's not, I'm not a fan. She's surprisingly been, uh, you know, uh, the longevity that she's had in politics has uh, surprised me. I mean, you know, she was a fish and chip owner uh, in 1996, uh, disendorsed by the Liberal Party for comments she made about Asian yep. migration. And, you know, 20-something years later, she's still there. Yeah, except she had a huge time off where she made a hell of a lot of money standing for various jobs, political jobs. She stood as a, as a candidate and, and got enough votes to make a lot of money. She stood in New South Wales at one stage from memory. Um, uh, yeah, she's, I, I mean, I, I feel for her because she, she, she went to jail, remember that time as well, and when was found, uh, then was released. Um, look, she has, a, she, she has a lot of guts, but gee, she's a lightweight and she's played it very, very well. And I know every time I say this, I, I lose I lose votes from um, from from right wingers, but I, I just feel that way. Darren, how do how do um, Anthony Albanese and uh, Bill Shorten get along? I would suspect right. I don't know. I would suspect right now it's very tense. I mean, everybody thought. I mean, go back to that election in two thousand and uh, and um, nineteen, um, and Bill Shorten was ordering removal vans and, and measuring the curtains. <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen. Morrison got there. He got there. Um, and Shorten was then replaced by Albanese. I, I, look, I'm sure that just by nature that, that Bill Shorten still has leadership ambitions, but it will never happen. I mean, he didn't realise how unpopular he was in various parts of the country. And I would hinge his hunch, he'll never be back as leader. If, if Albanese surprisingly loses the next election, they won't go to Bill Shorten, they'll go to Richard Miles or, 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 or something like that. Um, well, I guess the, the thing now, it looks like, from all the polls, you know, we had an, an election on the weekend where uh, Labor won in South Australia, which we can talk about as, uh, as well. But and, and Scott Morrison seems to be totally on the nose. Not much he does is being, uh, you, you know, you get to that point in politics, I think, where it doesn't matter what you do. You, 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 people have made a decision. They don't want you anymore. You've been there long enough. Is Anthony Albanese up to the job of being Prime Minister of Australia, particularly at a time now where we have the world in the situation that it is with Ukraine and Russia and that sort of thing? Well, this is not a popular view because the world, Australian world, says that Morrison's on the nose, you're going to lose the election. And the polls certainly point that way, as they did in 2019. But I have a little word of warning here, um, a bit like John Howard and 9-11. When the world's in crisis, and we are, I mean, we are we are one step away from World War Three. Uh and I believe that's why um, Joe Biden won't 
approve a no-fly zone over Ukraine because if they put a no-fly zone in there, American planes have to shoot down Russian planes and we could end up with World War Three and a nuclear war. So that's my thinking there. But coming back to the, the next election, and uh, like I said about, about John Howard, in times of international crisis and COVID, people think, oh, don't change horses midstream or better than devil you know than the devil you don't know. And so I'm not totally convinced that Scott Morris is going to lose the next election. Well, if he does, though, and Anthony Albanese is the Prime Minister, I'll ask again, is he up to the job? Has he been, you know, people like Keating, Hawke, Howard, they were... It's like making steel, you know, like you, you, you're in the furnace for a long time. In politics, you, if you've been in parliament for a you know how to handle things, you know how things work, you've been tested publicly, there's been scandals, you've overcome them, all that sort of stuff. Is Anthony Albanese in that category, do you think? And I notice he says he wants to be, you know, he wants to be like, he wants to rule like Bob Hawke, consensus. Look, I actually may surprise you, I think he probably could. Um, I've only met him a few times. I'm, I'm certainly not a friend. I've met him socially a couple of times. He's very affable, uh, very believable. I think the fact that he's now suddenly lost all that weight and changed his image, uh, and I think the PM was wrong to, 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 to snipe at Albo because of his weight loss. I mean, that's not a lot of people are trying to lose weight and to suddenly try and make a game out of it. I, I think Albanese has, I mean, he was very hurt when he's, his marriage of like 30 years broke up. I know that he was from friends of his, he was mortified. He was shattered. Um, and he's now in a new relationship. Well, what what do we, if I can just butt in, what, what do we know about uh, his personal life? Uh, well, I think you know a lot. I mean, he, does he, he have children? Do, do, I don't know anything about no, he, him. He never, he never knew, he, he hardly knew his dad. He tracked from memory. He tracked his dad down years later. He lived, he grew up in a, you know, buddy housing commission flat with his mum in Sydney. I mean, he's done the hard yards. I mean, he boasts that he did his first political thing, I can't remember what it was, something at school when he was 12. He's he's always been a political animal. Um, he loves his mum deeply, as many people do, most people do. Uh, and I think he was, um, I mean, he's, he, I think he's been deputy opposition leader and things like that. So he, he's been in part been around. He's, he's not a novice. He's not a novice. And uh, I just think that the PM was wrong to pick on his his mood change. It did remind, I, I did say on Sunrise though, um, it does worry me a bit when you do such a dramatic change and you change your, your, your weight and your glasses and everything in new suits that people might think of. Remember the real Julia? When Julia Gillard suddenly yes. came out in a losing campaign and suddenly said, oh, this is the real Julia. Like the one you've been, I've been taught, you've been t listening to the last couple of years was bullshit. <laughs> I think that was one of the most stupid things for a politician to say. It, it was. I remember thinking at the time, it, 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 she's lost the election. This is just ridiculous. Uh, Darren, as I said, the South Australia went to the polls. Uh, we got a new pr premier there, a guy called Peter Malinowskis. I noticed there's fish and chip heritage in his family too. I think it was his grandfather from Hungary who had a fish and chip shop. So fish and chips. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? 
when you look now at the new Premier of South Australia, the Premier of Queensland, the former Premier of New South Wales and Berejiklian, it's, it's we're such a multicultural um, electorate. I mean, you've got so many premiers with unpronounceable names. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right. We, uh, I noticed that the, a lot was made about uh, there was a photograph taken of him with his shirt off, and uh, he goes to oh. gym quite often, and uh, he he's pretty fit for his age. I'm not sure how old he is. He'd have to be in his forties or fifties, but um, oh, I wouldn't be fifties. No, 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 no way, no. And also, somebody I, I saw on the weekend, a uh, somebody referred to him. He had the Kennedy Kennedy image, right? Like young and fit and da 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 and and uh, it's look for for for, for the, the the current premier to be dumped after one term was tough because I mean it's the first COVID election where COVID hasn't helped uh, the uh, the premier. The fact was, see, he, he called apparently according to the way the South Australia voted, he called off the restrictions on on COVID too early. South Australia was doing what WA was doing. They were locking, locking themselves down and feeling happy that they weren't Melbourne or Sydney. He lifted the restrictions just as the new, the new version, the new phase hit, the new virus. And it, it, suddenly they've gone from no deaths in SA to many. And uh, that didn't go well for him because every other government has been elected or re-elected because they've handled COVID well. Well, you know that that that's. Imagine if they were in Victoria here, Darren. How many de- how many deaths we've had here in Victoria, and there doesn't seem to be any sign that Daniel Andrews is going to win, going to lose the next election. So, no, he won't. South Australian voters they they mark pretty hard. I, I I would have thought they did. Now I'll tell you one thing. You talking about the, the number of cases in the South in, in Victoria. I was on Sunrise the other day, and it really riled me. I was watching the news the night before. And a voice said very, very sternly, you know, in Victoria, the number of uh, cases has stabilised at 6,000. And I thought, holy shit, we used to be upset if we got to 100, right? And now somebody's telling me the number a day is stabilised at 6,000. We've had on some days 25 deaths the other the other week. In, in one day in New South Wales, they had 30,000 new cases. I mean, COVID is still here. I still wear my mask outside every bloody day. Darren, the other big story that has been around, I mean, a big story in the media, I guess, I don't know how much it's touched people out there in the community, is the, the journalist from Fox Sports, uh, Peter, not Peter. Um, uh, Tom. Tom Morris, yeah. Mm. Young Jeez, guy, get that from? Yeah. <laughs> a very young guy. Uh, he's been there for seven years. He was in a WhatsApp group with his friends, or males, I would assume, and uh, he was talking about one of his colleagues, a female, and made some really horrible comments, uh, and also disparaged gay people, basically, you know, all of that sort of stuff. He's been sacked. Uh, should he ever come back in media, do you think? Can he come back? It'll be very hard. Uh, he, I mean, it was bizarre. He was in a, uh, a, a shit fight with the, uh, the um, Bulldogs coach who, who attacked him over a story he'd written, which, uh, which, is, which is, I thought the coach was wrong the way he 
personalised it and at a post-game when they lost to the Demons. Um, uh, but then the same day, as that story blew up, the same day came up that uh, Morris had made some some comments and texts to his friends and somehow the friends had sent them on to other people and I have actually read read the uh, the texts and um, they were putrid. They were putrid. Uh, he, he was... You, you can't you just can't do that. He was even though his friends apologised, but uh, why? Where would you come? My ex producer Dermot O'Brien said to me recently, "Never put anything in writing. <laughs> <laughs> Never put anything in writing." I mean, he he, he called a, a, a he, he 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 praised a workmate for being quote hot. Then he attacked her for being a lesbian. I have no idea who the woman's name is, and I don't need to know, and I don't want to know. Um, but he also attacked other people in, in, in the texts. And I thought, I mean, it, they were such racist, racist, sexist pieces of crap. He deserved to be sacked. And I noticed that on his TV show, his, his cohorts also agreed that he had to go. The poor girl in, in Sydney, she's a colleague, a journalist. Uh, she's had her name up there in the media uh, she played no role in it whatsoever. Her huh. private life has been smeared all over the place. Who knows uh, what, you know, I've I, I read that she's been very private and she doesn't talk about uh, anything like that about her. And, and why should she? I mean, her, she's on television to talk about sport. She's on television to report sport. Why should she even talk about her own private life? But to have it sort of out there like that, and who knows whether she is a lesbian or not. This, is, this was his view. Yeah. Um, he, her and her family and her friends, just terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you're quite right to raise that. I have no idea. I don't even I don't even know her name. But um, it's a it's a corny old um, male misogynist thing that if a woman rejects your advances, right? Oh, she must be a leso. Yes, it's like you have a right to expect that she would want you. <laughs> it's just, it's no, it is, it is sadly, he, he deserves to be sacked. And as your earlier question, I doubt that he can get a job again in the media for a long, long time. Yeah, well, media is a very small industry. It's almost a cottage industry here in a, in Australia. I guess he might, yeah. he, he might go overseas. I guess the other thing about it is that... Um, you know, when we sit around a restaurant table, for example, and we, we were there five or six of us, we talk about all sorts of things. Now, if someone was to tape that conversation and then broadcast it somewhere or, or send it out somewhere and people were to take, you know, excerpts of that, things that are said can often be horrible things as well. Um, Tony, 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 there are things I have said in my life that if they were taped, I'd be destroyed. Yeah, so there's that other side Re of it Re too. Reckless, you know, something said with a couple of glasses of, of claret in you and you think it's funny and it's cruel and it's destructive of somebody else. So having said that, I would say, um, you know, look, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't really a fan of Tom Morris. I, 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 he's, I got the sense from him that he was a bit smug, a bit too happy with himself. Uh, I like humble people, um, uh, but having and that's said, why you like me. That's why you yeah, like me. Yes, that's right. Having said all that, I, I think it would just be 
a little bit too much for him to have his entire life destroyed for this stupidity that he went through. I, I um, agree, but it's going to take a long time for him to crawl back or come back. Crawl is probably the right word. Um, but you are right. Maybe he goes overseas. I mean, I, I don't know much about the guy. I don't watch Fox Sport. Uh, but having seen all the quotes and all the stuff, um, these days you can't get away with it. You know, and that's why the world supposedly is improving because you, it's not tolerated. I mean, this was, as you pointed out, this his comments, now it's out there, a woman I don't even know, but she and her family, her private life has been smeared across social media. And that's not on. Uh, Mr. No. Hinch, we've covered quite a few topics. Um, we have. And uh, it's been a pleasure again. We'll, we'll chat again next week. Talk next week, mate. Bye-bye.